This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. In this winter semester, we'll be sending out a series of shurim on understanding minhagim, different minhagim of Rabbanim uh, in the last uh, couple of generations, be delivered by Harav Benjamin Tavoy. Today's shiur will deal with minhagim of Purim. Now, of course, there are many minhagim of Purim related to the idea of masquerading or um, drinking in Purim. I'm only going to relate to minhagim as I've known the customs of Gedolim or learned the customs of Gedolim. Very rarely have I seen any person who can be considered a gadol dress up in Purim. And in my experience, I've very, seen very few gedolim who actually become inebriated on Purim. Let's begin from before Purim. When, when Purim is on Sunday, so the custom is that we fast on Thursday. In the book about the uh, Reb Chaim, about his customs of the book that's called Halichos Hagrach, it mentions there that when Purim was on Thursday, when Purim was on Sunday, and therefore they fasted on Thursday, Reb Chaim, let's remember he was a Levi, he would not get an Aliyah on Thursday of that day. Because he thought there is a Machlokas Rishonim, if, when Purim is on Sunday, if the fast day should be on Thursday or on Friday. Now, if the fast day would be on Friday, then reading the Torah on Thursday, Thursday at Mincha would be considered not a, a, a chiyuf, and therefore, the way the book wrote it, Nimtza she'en kriyasa Torah klal b'yamei there's no kriyasa Torah at all, and it would be a bracha levatala. V'nimtza is bracha b'yachas ha'ola levatala. This story would cause me to think that in the morning, he did get an aliyah. He refused to get an aliyah in the afternoon, according to the way it's related here. So apparently in the morning, he would get an aliyah. Now in the morning, they also read Vayichal. Now it was a Thursday, and therefore, there's a din of Kriyasa Torah. Anyway, if you want to read Parshas Vayichal, then you would have read the Parsha of the week. So it, it could be that we could infer from here that Reb Chaim felt, even if it were not a fast day, and therefore they read the wrong Kriyasa Torah, he would not refrain from receiving an Aliyah, because at least with the Eved, on Mondays and Thursdays, if you read the wrong parish of the Torah, you're Yotze. I heard this once from Rav Salavechik, that on Monday and Thursday, the Takana is not necessarily to read the parsha of the week, and therefore, but the Yavad, if you read the wrong parsha, you don't have to hear it over again. The other point that Reb Chaim made here is that by Mincha, since there is no din of Kriyasa Megillah, of Kriyasa Torah by Mincha, therefore, that would be considered a brachel vatala. One could discuss these points in general. But I'd like to mention it in connection with Yom Hatzma'ut. 
obviously, Reb Chaim wouldn't have had any reason to talk about Yom Atzmaut. Reb Chaim was nifter before Hakama Samdina. But in the different attitudes toward prayer, toward tefillah and Yom Atzmaut, various people suggested reading the Torah on Yom Atzmaut, whether it would be a Monday, whether it would be a Tuesday or a Wednesday, to reading the Torah and reading specific uh, part of the Torah about Yom, about Eretz Yisrael. In a very interesting sefer of, edited by Professor Nachum Rakover, which is called Hilchot Yom Atzmaut V'Yom Yerushalayim, he brings various opinions about these the different attitudes toward Yom Atzmaut and the different customs of Yom Atzmaut. And there he brings a a exchange of letters between Rav Bar Shaul and Rav Neria. Rav Bar Shaul, who is the Rav of Rechavot, was asked whether the innovation of Kibbutz Hadati to read the Torah on Yom Atzmaut and to read the Haftorah with brachos would be acceptable on Yom Atzmaut. The Rav Bar Shaul was very skeptical about the whole concept, but he said he did think it would be proper to institute Kriya Torah on such a day because it's Yom Atzmaut. So it could be that he felt that there's no problem at all of reading the Torah on a day which was not mandated by Chazal, not found in the Gemara, but we do have to remember it. he felt it was a special occasion of Yom Atzmaut. In the next letter or article, Rav Chaim David Halevi, the former chief rabbi of Tel Aviv, mentioned that there is an opinion of the Prima Gadim that any time ten people want to get up together and take out a Sefer Torah, they can read the Torah. There is a Kiyom of Kriyasa Torah any time, and you can make the brachas on that Kiyom. The Rav Chaim David Halevi, of course, mentioned this in connection with the idea of, of reading the Torah in Yom Atzmod. Nevertheless, Rav Chaim David Halevi said that most people rejected this opinion. So, in our case, you would see that Rav Chaim would have felt that if there's no Takana for Kriyasa Torah, because it wasn't a fast day, therefore it would actually be a brachal vatala if they read the Torah with brachas on that day. But as I said before, we could also infer from here that the custom of reading the Torah in the morning, the wrong parsha might be, at least with the Evet, acceptable. And I said Rav Soloveitchik had that opinion. I once davened in Yeshiva University in a dominion run by Bnei Akiva on Yom Atzmaut. I was very surprised because I didn't know that they were going to do this. But they, it was, it was, I don't remember if it was a Monday or a Thursday, but, but they read, probably it was a Thursday, but they read the Torah, not the regular parish of the week. They read the Torah of, uh, Akev, the parish about Eretz Asher, Eretz Israel. So after davening, I happened to meet the Rav on the way to Shear, and I told him what happened, and I thought the Rav would, be a little skeptical about doing it, but but the Evet, he told me, he would have said that it's okay. Instead of going into any discussion about the whole thing, the Rav just said to me, 
it would be a good idea if I heard Kriyasa Torah again. It probably was a reaction to the fact that he was upset that they changed the normal uh, Kriyasa Torah, and he felt it's not proper to do it, even though at another time, I'm sure that he said, but the Eved, you're Yotze if you hear the wrong Kriyasa Torah. Let us now talk about some of the customs of reading the Megillah itself. Rav Shechter quoted in the Nefesh Haraf that the Rav used to read along with the with the Baal Kriya. Now, I assume that the Rav was reading from a Megillah Kshera. He wasn't reading from a Chumash, but he was probably reading from a Megillah Kshera, and he read the Megillah by himself. Some people who have a Megillah Kshera always know that just in case they miss the word or something, they can always add that word by themselves. In the Sefer Mipanine Harav, Rav Shechter said that when the Rav aged, as the Rav aged, he seems to have changed his mind about this. And he said that you're not Yotze, the Allah of Kriyasa Megillah Basara. Now it is true that if there's no minion, Megillah Bismana can be read without a minion, but it's certainly a good idea to have a minion for Kriyasa Megillah. And he felt that if you read by yourself, then you're Yotze, as it were, by a Kriyas Yachid and not by a Kriyas Hatzibur. So therefore, apparently, he changed his mind. The uh, Rav Shechter pointed out that in the Chuvas of the Manchester Rav, of the Mirchaz Yitzchak, there is, a, uh, there is a discussion about this. If a person would read by himself, is it considered Kriyas Hayachid or Kriyas Hatzibur? Interestingly, it, it is interesting to note that Rav, that Rav Soloveitchik had one custom, and later on, he apparently changed that custom. One of the Minhagim that's very well uh, known in the world is the custom of hitting Haman as it were when we repeat, when we mention his name in the Megillah. Many people aren't aware that this custom is not just a custom, a folklore type of custom, but it's actually mentioned in Halacha. The Shulchan Aruch in Simen Tafresh Sadi, of course, he's the going to summarize opinions of Rishonim. I'm not going to go through the various Rishonim who raised this issue. But the Mechaber, Rav Yosef Cairo, said nothing about this custom. However, the Ramah said that there was a custom that children used to draw some sort of an image of Haman on trees or stones, and they would write the name Haman on it, and they would hit it, and they would try to erase the name of Haman from those sticks or whatever, to fulfill the concept of Machal Timcha Zeich HaMalek, obliterate the name of HaMalek, the Shem Rishayim Yerkav, the name of the Rishayim should be spoiled, should be taken away. And then the Ramah adds, he quotes here the Avudram. I said that I said you'll find this idea in many Rishonim that this is the this meaning evolved to our custom where we hit different things, we make noises when we read the Megillah on in 
and say the name of Haman in Shul. This custom seems to be a very uh, simple type of custom, and it's interesting to note that here the Ramah says, You should not cancel any minig, or to even scoff at it, because there were good reasons for them. In this particular issue, the Mishnah Bura quotes that the Maharil would not hit Haman. Rabbi Yaakov Emden said that his father, the Chacham Tzvi, would hit up with his shoe, as it were, when he came to Haman. But the Primigadim said, this is a very confusing thing, because when you hear Haman, you might miss part of the Megillah. The This idea is said clearly in the Sharat Zion of the Mishnah He said, even though the Chazan, the Balkriya, was instructed not to continue, to wait for the noise to die down, but still he waited, and that would be a hefsek, Yosef Mikdei Nashima. The Primagadim said that's not a good idea. The Sharatzion also mentioned that the Magin Avram quoted an opinion of the Levush, that why, when they mentioned Haman, not only was there a custom to hit Haman, the Levush would say, V'shem Rishayim Yirkaf, when they mentioned Haman. So you could raise the issue if this is a hefsek or not. But still, you might miss words of the Baltriya. So therefore, it doesn't seem to be a minig that really should be adopted. In this connection, I'd like to mention a statement of Rav Henkin. Now, Rav Henkin was considered one of the major poskim in the United States before Rav Moshe Feinstein, and of course, uh, in as the head of Ezra's Torah, his luach went out to the world, and his psakim were very important for American Jewry at the time. And Rav Hankin writes about Purim that many people have lost the mitzvah of Divrei Kabbalah, of hearing the Megillah, because they were involved in hitting Haman, and they missed words. And he said, the original people, the Rishonim, they certainly meant Lashem Shemayim. But to, today, it just seems like a joke. It seems like tomfoolery. And that would be usher in any case. The Svardim, he brings a custom, that Svardim hit Haman when they say Shoshana Yaakov, but not during the Megillah. And then Rav Hankin writes, Rav Hankin's opinion is that this this minig of hitting Haman should be cancelled. He's afraid, first of all, it's 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 a type of frivolity, frivolity, which is not a good idea anytime, even on Purim. And secondly, he was really afraid that people would not hear the entire Megillah. I know as little children who just wait for Haman, hit whatever they hit, or make sounds, whatever sounds they make, and then they just wait until the next Haman. In fact, they don't even pay attention to the rest of the Miguel. They're just looking ahead to see when is the next Haman. So, obviously, there is a benefit in getting the children involved. On the other hand, we want to make sure that they hear the Miguel as well.
the Shulchan Aruch discussed the question of women reading Megillah, because let's remember the Gemara says in Megillah that women are chayev in Megillah. So we know that Tosus quotes the opinion of the Bag, and Rishonim explained this custom, that women cannot be motzi men, because the way that Rishonim explained it is because women are chayev in Shmias Megillah. Now, it's interesting to note that the Sfardi Psak did not discuss, mention this at all. In the, in the Rambam and in the Shulchan Aruch, it seems to be fairly clear that women are chayev the same as men. The, the Mechaber said that women are chayev in, in Megillah. In Simen Tafresh Peites, he said, he quotes the opinion of the Bahag as a Yesh Omrim, but the Ramah says, the Ramah, the, the Ram didn't even quote such an opinion. The Ram said, of course, men and women are chayev equally in Mikra Megillah. But the, 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 uh, Mechaber did quote the opinion of the Bahag. Doesn't seem to be that he necessarily passed that way. And we would have to go through the principles of the Shulchan Aruch when he puts a Yesh Omrim. What does he mean to say by that? But the Ramah comes along and says, V'yesh Omrim imaisha kara la'atzma mevareches l'shma megillah she'ena chayves bekriya. The, the Ramah brings an opinion that women, if they read the Megillah, so a woman would make the bracha lishmoa Megillah. And he followed, this opinion follows the opinion of the Bahag, that women are chayev in, in Shmiyasa Megillah, men are chayev in Kriyasa Megillah, therefore women can't be motzi men. And therefore, if a woman would read the Megillah for herself, so she should make a bracha al l'shma Megillah. Now, in the Maise Rav of the Vilna Gaon, it said that number Reish Memvav, Nashim chayavot b'kiyat Megillah, u'mevachim lahem k'mol anashim. Women are chayav in Kriyas Megillah, and you make the bracha, the same bracha you make for men. The Vilna Gaon apparently disagreed with the Bahag and said the simple explanation of the Gemara is not like the Bahag. Women are chayev the same as men in Mikra Megillah, which seems to be the Psak of the Rambam, and therefore the Bracha would be the same. The, the Gra also seemed to say that the women make the Bracha. I'm sorry, the men make the Bracha. If a man, men would read for a woman, the man would make the Bracha. In the case where women would make the bracha, apparently the girl would also say they would make a bracha al mikra megillah. But the, the girl said that the person, the person who reads the megillah makes the bracha. Would it be better if the person who reads the Megillah makes the bracha or the woman makes the, the bracha? That I do not have a tradition what the minig of the gro was or minig of this one was. I just read the facts as they appear in the Maiserav that he said a man makes a bracha for the woman on Mikra Megillah. But probably that's because the gro felt not in accordance with the 
Bahag, that women are chayev in Kriyas HaMegillah, the same as men. This Rama always seemed to me very difficult for a different reason. The question of a woman making a bracha on a mitzvah, from which she is exempt, is a well-known machlokas between, in general, between Chachmei Ashkenaz and Chachmei Sfarah. Tosfus says that women can make a bracha on a mitzvah even though they're exempt. And they can make a bracha, for example, Asher Kishanu Mitzvah Basuka. Even though a woman is certainly exempt from sukkah, she, if she wants to, she can sit and make the bracha. However, the Rambam, the Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Cairo, disagree and think that a woman cannot say the bracha, Asher Kishanu Mitzvah when she's not commanded. Men are commanded to sit in sukkah, not women, so therefore they can't make that bracha. To this day, this is a machlokas between the people that follow the custom of Ashkenaz, the people that follow the custom of Sfat, whether a woman can make a bracha on a mitzvah zaseh from which she is exempt. Now the Ramah is, of course, the posek of the Ashkenazi Jewry, and the Ramah said that a woman can make a bracha even though she's exempt. Even though she is not chayiv in sukkah, for example, she can say, Asher Kedushanu Mitzvah Zavitzvah and the phrase, Asher Kedushanu would refer to Klai Yisrael, not to her specifically, but to Klai Yisrael. She's part of Klai Yisrael. So if that's true, why can't the woman make a bracha, Asher Kedushanu Mitzvah Zavitzvah Why would there be a different bracha? A bracha that I don't know where it comes from, where would you... What would be the problem with the woman making the bracha? Asher kitshanam mitzvah mikra megillah. Mikra megillah replies even if you would accept the opinion of the Bahak. But a mikra megillah applies to Klal Yisrael the same way sukkah applies to Klal Yisrael. Women can make a bracha on sukkah. Why can't they make a bracha on megillah? The same as men. The only per- thing one may argue, which I find pre- little troubling, is that there are no alternative brachas by shalfar. A woman's pater from shofar, or she's pater from sukkah, and there's only one bracha we have. There's no specific obligation of women. She's exempt. She's pater. However, by Megillah, if we would interpret like the Bahag, then there is a specific bracha written for women, because if we interpret that women are chayiv and shmias Megillah, then when there is a specific bracha for women, it would be appropriate for them to make the specific bracha, even though they could make the bracha Lishma Amikra Megillah, even if they're exempt according to the Ramah. But nevertheless, since there is a bracha Lishma Megillah, maybe it would be better for them to make their bracha. That's the best I can do to explain the opinion of the Ramah. Basically, I understand what the Vilna Gaon said for both reasons. Either women are really chayv in Mikra Megillah, not like the Bahag, or even like the Bahag, I would say women are chayv in Shemias Megillah, but the Ashkenazi customs, they can make the bracha on Mikra Megillah. One of the customs that just seems to be a popular custom when you read the Megillah is that when you say the ten names of the children of Haman, so we we say them by ourselves, and then the Balkriya repeats it. And the custom, of course, mentioned in Halacha, is that at Lechatchila, it should be said, B'neshima Achas. It should be all said in one breath. Now, the, this custom of saying the Bracha 
in one, is saying the names of Haman in all one breath, would just generally seem to be a nice custom. But where do you get the idea from? Rav Zevin, in his monumental Sefer, Hamadim Balacha, quotes an interesting concept of the Ragachavar. He calls it Davar Mechudad. Very sharp. The, the, the Ragachavar said the two customs that I mentioned explain one another. Since the Megillah, the names of Haman, have a, we have a custom to be said, Benishima Achas. And that's based on a Gemara, based on Shulchan Aruch. The Balkriya cannot be Motsi people. The Balkriya can be Motsi people with the words, but it can't be Motsi people, Benishima Achas. His breath is not their breath. So if you have to say Benishima Achas, you can't be Motsi. Rav Zevin at the end brings a proof to this, and then he says, Im Ladin Yesh Tshuva. He said, you know, I could argue the point with the Ragachever, but it's a brilliant chap to go try to bring a reason for this particular minik. Minik Yisrael, somehow we will try to find reasons, even though they just seem to me, seem to be popular minhagim. One more particular custom of the Vilna Gaon that requires more analysis than we can do in our time, is the Vilna Gaon said in the morning of Kriyasa Megillah, he did not say the brach of Shechianu. This issue of saying Shechianu in the morning does seem to be, at first glance, problematic. I read the Megillah at night, and therefore, how could I say Shechianu in the daytime, I just did that same mitzvah last night. I said Shechianu at night. Why should I say Shechianu in the morning? The Ashkenazi custom in yeshivas, they always do it. They get up and say that before when you say the Shechianu, when you say Amen for the Shechianu, you should have Kavana for the mitzvahs of Purim. The mitzvahs of Purim of the day of Matanas Levyonim, of Mishlach Manas, of Sudas Purim do not have any specific bracha shechianu. So when we say shechianu, we should have intention to, that the shechianu should somehow cover those those mitzvahs. Now, Tosvis points out in Megillah that we say shechianu in the daytime because the essence of reading the Megillah is in the morning. Tosis mentions the laws of Purim don't apply at night. There's no din of Shalachmanis at night. Sudas Purim, there's no din at night. If a person would eat Sudas Purim at night or do Shalachmanis at night, he did not fulfill the obligation. I mention very often to yeshiva students whether it's a good idea to drink too much in Purim or not, I would not even raise the issue for this particular story. What I mentioned, what I did mention is the night of Purim, there's certainly no idea of drinking more than than usual. Because the night of Purim is not the time for Sudas Purim or for the mitzvahs of Purim. There's only a din of reading Megillah. In fact, Rav Salavechik has pointed out, and this is mentioned in various, various farm today in the name of Rav Salavechik, that he really felt 
that the morning of Purim is actually Purim. The night before Purim is actually what I just said. It's the night before Purim. You read the Megillah the night before Purim, but the Ikar of Purim, the concept of the Purim is in the daytime, and that's why you say Shechianu. Now, as I pointed out, Shechianu in the morning is a machlokas between the Ashkenazim and the Sfardim. The Rambam says you do not make a Shechianu. The Ashkenazim say you do make a Shechianu. Tosfos says you do. The Rambam says you don't. Interestingly enough, here the Vilna Gaon Paskin, like the Rambam, and said, did not say Shechianu in the morning, in the morning, according to Tosfus, you should say Shechianu. What the reason for the Vilna Gaon that he passed, like the Rambam, is not mentioned in Maserav, and one could certainly conjecture about it. The last point that I'd like to make today is about the Suda of Purim. There is a Hasidic custom to have the Suda Purim begin rather late on the day of Purim and mostly continue until night time. To the best of my knowledge, this is the custom of many, many Hasidic Kehilot. The Vilna Gaon said in the Maise Rav, it said about him in Maserav, number Reish Memchet, Sudas Purim Ikar Bayom. The real Sudas Purim should be in the daytime. Was he aware of the Hasidic custom? Is this a reaction to a Hasidic custom? I have no idea. But then it goes on to say, he, the Vilna Gon, made his Suda, Bimishta Vesimcha Kula Bayom. His entire Sudas Purim was in the daytime. When it became dark, he stopped the Suda, David Marev, and went straight back to learn. I once read a version which I couldn't find that the Gong actually seemed to be very, very happy on Purim seemed to be involved in Achila and Shasiyah, the moment it became dark, his whole demeanor was transformed, and he went back to being the same type of person he usually was, and went to learn. In the Sefer of Rav Shechter, Mipnini Harav, he mentions a story about Rav Gurelik. Rav Gurelik was one of the Ramin Russia Yeshiva of Yeshiva University, who, among other things, had once learned by Rav Velvo. So Rav Shechter wrote that he visited Rav Gurelik on Purim, and they were there until nighttime. And Rav Gurelik mentioned that his Rebbe, Rav Velvo, was always, had a very somber face, very seemed very serious, except for one day of the year. That was Purim. The moment Tzayzak HaChavim of Purim came, he returned to being his usual extreme serious demeanor. He said once it's nighttime, it's no longer Purim. And he mentioned that Revelville's emotions were completely controlled by Halacha. So Sudas Purim was over the moment and he went back to learn. I really wonder today how many people who mean L'Shem Shemayim will go back to learn after Purim is over.